Hi everybody and thanks for joining us for the Summer at Sugar Hill series entitled Water. Bobby and I look forward to sharing the truths of water from the New Testament because everywhere you turn there's water and water has a significant impact and a deeply spiritual significance in our life and it relates to you and me on an everyday basis, especially today's story. I'll be talking out of Matthew's Gospel in chapter 14, beginning in verse 22. It's the story of when Jesus comes to the disciples, when they're in peril and they're looking like this is not good, the boat's going down, we're going to die. Jesus has been in the mountains praying. And you can imagine as the Lord Jesus looks over and he sees down on the Sea of Galilee and he sees his disciples in a perilous situation. So what does Jesus do when he sees people that he loves? He steps into our life and he eliminates the peril. Look with me in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 14, beginning in verse 22. The scripture says immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. And after sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray and night fell while he was there alone. Now, I know this goes without saying, but one of the beautiful teachings out of this is how much Jesus valued praying alone. Friend, listen, if the Lord Jesus didn't need prayer, then we might be in doubt. But the fact is the Lord Jesus valued prayer. He valued the time to spend with his Father. Friend, if we ought to model anything after the Lord Jesus, it's this recognition that to refresh and to prepare ourselves to do something extraordinary, we need to spend time with our Heavenly Father. Jesus steps away from the crowds. He sends his disciples on on a boat ahead, and there he is spending time alone with God throughout the evening. Listen as this text goes on. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble, far away from land, for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. And when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified, and in their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. Now, this must have been the most amazing thing they'd ever seen. Jesus comes to them. The storm is on the Sea of Galilee. You've heard me or heard Bobby speak about what it might have been like on the Sea of Galilee. Having been on those Jesus boats out on the Sea of Galilee, it's amazing how quickly a storm can roll over those hills and cut across that sea and turn it into a perilous place. And there they were on this boat that was probably not more than about 20 feet long, and the wind was, was blowing and the lightning was flashing and the thunder was rolling and the waves were crashing and they were in desperate situation. Jesus, as he looks down upon the sea, he sees those that he loves the most and he steps into their life. But he doesn't just step in like anybody could. It wasn't as though they were a rescue mission. Jesus walked on water. And, and we're talking about in the middle of the ocean. He walked on water. Listen to what it says. They looked in him and they thought he was a ghost. I don't know about you. I don't think I've ever seen a ghost, but I've heard people tell me that they think they've seen things in dreams or nightmares and they try to write so many different things into it. I believe Jesus was doing something so specific that his disciples were just blown away by it. They had to have looked out across there and thought, wait a minute, that's, that's my Lord. Wait a minute, that's Jesus. He's walking on the water. The story goes on, and he says to them in verse 27, Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. 
I don't know where you're at right now in the middle of this pandemic, but here's what I know. Jesus can walk on the same kind of water to reach you in this time of peril, just like he did them. Jesus comes to you in your time of peril, in your time of need, and he comes into our life in a way that no one could explain. Can you imagine trying to go to the office tomorrow and saying, Jesus walked across the water there and I saw him on Lake Lanier and he came to me in my time of need? Well, of course we can't imagine saying that any more than they could have. So as a result, when Jesus says, here I am, don't worry, what happens to them? Well, take a look at verse 28. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Now, I, I got to tell you, I admire Peter so much. The guts it took for him to say, Jesus, call for me and I'll come out there to you. I mean, it's in the middle of a storm. It makes no sense. Humanly, this is impossible. Peter, knowing this is the Lord Jesus, says, call for me and I'll come join you. Well, the text goes on and says, yes, Jesus said, come on. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind, and the waves, he was terrified and began to sing, save me, Lord, he shouted. Now, you know, Peter gets a bad rap that he's the guy that took his eyes off Jesus. He couldn't stay focused. But I would say Peter was the gutsiest one of the crowd. Nobody else stepped off the boat into the water, but he did. Maybe today the Lord is calling you to step off of the boat of safety where you're at. Maybe he's asking you to step off the, the nature of what's safe for you and walk out to him. Maybe he's calling you to himself, and maybe that'll cost you something, maybe a relationship or a job or a location in which you live. But I know this, that when we answer like Peter did, the amazing power of Christ comes upon us, and we can do things we never, ever imagined because it is now in his strength and in his power and in his love. But yes, Peter got out there and he got frightened. Friend, listen, it's okay to get frightened, but it's not okay to stay frightened. Jesus is there. The story goes on, and so Peter went over the side of the boat, but then he began to sink. He saw the waves for what they were. He saw the wind and the lightning for what it was, and he began to sink. And when he begins to sink, he cries out in this one three-letter prayer, Save me, Lord. I love that. I mean, he, he didn't have time for the Book of Common Prayer. He didn't have time for a sinner's prayer. There was no church to walk an aisle. There was no song he could sing. All he could say was, save me, Lord. And the key word there comes on the end, in the bookend of the phrase, save and Lord. The only person that can save us from the perils of this world is our Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, if we want to be saved, we're to call out, in his name. We're to call out the name of the Lord. This is what Peter did. Save me, Lord. Jesus there is in the mountains. He sees the need. He comes down. He walks out on the water. And then when Peter has the courage to get out there, he gets frightful. But there's Jesus to hold him, to care for him, and to provide for him. So Jesus, without hesitation, reaches down. And listen to what he says to Peter. He says, you have so little faith. Jesus said, why did you doubt me? Now, maybe you grew up hearing Jesus saying it like this, Peter, what were you thinking? How could you have doubted me? You once walked on water. What's wrong with you? I don't think I understood it the way I believe Jesus said it correctly until I was in my 40s. But this is how I hear Jesus saying it now. I hear him saying, oh friend, 
You didn't have to ever doubt. You know I'm always here. You've seen the works I've done. You can trust me. I'm so sorry that you couldn't trust me, but know that forevermore you can. That's what I hear Jesus saying to Peter. That's what I'm hearing saying to you. That's what I hear Jesus say to me, especially in the moments when I am fearful. Well, Jesus came at a certain time. He walked out onto the water at about three o'clock in the morning. It was the fourth watch. There are a lot of people that speculate that's when Jesus will come again. I don't know whether I believe that or not, but I know this, that when Jesus came in the middle of the night, it was different than had he come at the first watch. Jesus came when our fears are heightened. He came when the world was darkest. He came in the middle of that season. And we don't know the date he's coming, but I know this, when Jesus returns again, we'll all be able to walk on water. Those of us that have chosen to be followers of Jesus will have every ability to do exactly what he's called us to do without fear, without fanfare, but with the glorious recognition that Jesus has come for us. Well, verse 26 says, when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. They were fearful. You know, it's, it's not like Jesus was miles away. Jesus, when he walked on the water, could have been right out here, right behind me. Jesus walking up to them in the middle of where they were at, it was in 4K, it was more than HD, it was alive. Jesus, the Savior, friend, he is alive today as he was then. He rose from the dead so he could walk on the water to come to you. And then Peter said, if it's really you, call on me. Man, that took grit, that took guts, that took faith. I, I'd like to say I have that kind of grit. I'd like to say I have that kind of faith. But let's give Peter some credit here. He saw Jesus and took him at face value. And what did he say? He didn't just hop over the side. He said, Lord, if that's you, call me out to come to you. And he came. And you know what the Lord did? Exactly what the Lord told him to do. You come to me, I'll care for you. I've got you. If you think about Peter being impetuous, if you think about Peter jumping out ahead, ready, fire, aim kind of guy, well, I would say that you and I, we need to be a little more impetuous with our faith, a little grittier with our faith, a little a little more gutsy with our faith. I don't know about you, but man, I, I am so tired of me counting on Jesus for little things. I want to count on Jesus for big things. I want to count on Jesus to walk on water. I want to count on Jesus to use Sugar Hill Church to change the world for the cause of Christ. I, I want men and daddies to raise up with this recognition that Jesus the Lord has come and empowered you to walk on water. I, I want to invite mamas. I want to invite new brides. I want to invite business women to say, I want to count on Jesus that I walk on water. I want to walk to him. I want him to hold me. I'm tired of what a little faith brings. I want to live a life like Peter. I want to see what a lot of faith might bring. I don't know about you, but I don't know that I've ever lived a long period of time with certainty that I could live with great faith. The kind to step off of this boat and watch my feet walk on water to trust Jesus for all he is and all he's promised. You know, the, the easiest way to never fail like that is to do nothing. The easiest way to, to never set yourself up for you might be the guy they talk about drowning in water because you lost your focus or the guy who started out loving Jesus and the next thing you know he's fallen backward. The easiest way to never fail is to not do one blessed thing. Don't write anything, don't say anything, don't try anything. Just don't trust Jesus at all. Friend, listen to me. 
Whatever you do, step out big in faith today. I want to come back in just a moment, and we'll clean up and wrap up this teaching as to how it, how it applies to you and how it applies to me, and especially how it applies to Sugar Hill Church. Zach, let's sing. Is with the 
Welcome back. What a beautiful song. Thank you, Zach. Thank you, team. We left off with this thought that the only way to not get criticized like Peter did is to do nothing. Now, I know a lot of Christians who are doing nothing. I know a lot of folks at Sugar Hill Church are not doing a blessed thing. But I know this. For as long as we're willing to tolerate doing nothing, we're expecting nothing from Jesus. Peter stepped off the boat and was expecting Jesus to do something miraculous. And as for me, as for our church, don't you want to see God do the miraculous in your life? And to do so, you've got to step off the boat. You've got to trust Jesus that he's got you. And when you start to slip, and you will, call on the name, save me, Lord, and let him reach down and pull you up. This is what Jesus does. I hear preachers talk about Peter's failure. I can remember as a kid, I remember my pastor as a little boy talking about how Peter failed. He took his eyes off Jesus and he fell. I would prefer to look at Peter and think, man, I want to be more like that. I want to walk on water. I don't want to stay on the boat and say, well, you go try it, buddy. You see, anything you do in the name of Christ has no failure attached to it. It is only growth. It is only more like Christ. It is only another story on the way to your eternal story. Peter asked a tremendous thing of Jesus. He asked Jesus to do something that was radical, ridiculous even. But when Jesus hears Peter cry out, I need you, I'm falling, he never questioned it. He literally just reached down his hand and he pulled him up and he lovingly was able to look at Peter and say, buddy, why, why would you doubt? You were already walking. Why would you doubt? And maybe you're like me and you say, I can't imagine doubting. I bet I would have doubted. I'm not even sure I would have had the guts to get out of the boat, but he did. I'm worried if, if Peter had begun his prayer out there when he started sinking and he broke out the preacher voice, you know, the God voice that we all fake our prayers with. Oh, Father, how art thou? Your omnipotent presence is upon us. Can you imagine what would have happened? Peter would have been 50 feet deep and Jesus would be saying, what? This is the beauty of the gospel. Jesus says, call on my name. Peter didn't have time to do anything but, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. That was the story. Friend, let that be your story today. While he was walking on the water, Lord, save me. You know, friend, Peter was able to secure his future by calling on the name of the Lord. My question to you is, are you ready to secure your future? To live a life that would trust Jesus enough to step out of the boat onto the water? To step out away from what is comfortable and see God doing something miraculous in your life. You can secure your future the same way that Peter did. Lord, save me. You know, when Jesus looks at us and says, why would you doubt? My prayer would be that we would say, Jesus, I would never doubt in you, but I have. I've learned this, that there's no sin in doubting. There's just, again, a sin to stay in doubt. Because I believe with all my heart, 
when we have a doubt, there is an opportunity for faith to arise. And when faith arises within our soul, Jesus does something extraordinary in us, around us, and for us. Jesus could say, I had you in the boat, Peter. I had you in the storm, Peter. I had you when your life was in peril, Peter. I had you while you were walking on the water, Peter. But I sure had you when you started to fall. Maybe today you're in need of grace. For Jesus to be able to say, I've got you. Why would you ever doubt? Come take my hand and I'll lead you. I'll care for you. I'll guard you. I'll protect you and I'll provide a home in heaven for you. You can secure your future in Christ today, just like Peter did. You know, when they climbed back on the boat, the wind stopped. And the disciples looked and literally they said, you really are the son of God. Every time I read that, I, I think to myself like a good southerner would, you reckon? I mean, clearly he has proven that over and over again. How many times does Jesus have to prove to you he is the living son of God, the savior of the world? He is our redeemer. He is our Lord. Friend, listen, my response to Jesus has everything to do about whether I can walk on water to him. It's not on me though, it's on him. So whatever it is in your life that you're battling, that you're struggling with today, here's what I know that I know that I know. Jesus says, come on out and let me care for you. And if you have the courage today to step out in faith and say as Peter did, Lord save me, that same Jesus hears your prayer today. And in hearing that prayer, will give you his free gift of eternal life. He will hold you when you begin to sink and he will have you in the boat, in the storm. He will have you when you're in peril. He will have you when you're on the water. And friend, this is the most beautiful part. He will have you when you begin to sink. I've had seasons where I felt like I was sinking and there was no getting through it. I had seasons in my life where I felt like the water was just going to engulf me and there was no possible way out. But I know this, Jesus has come every time and he's provided a way. Today, my friend, you might be in some deep water, but Jesus says to you, come on out. When you do, all you have to say is, Lord, save me. And he'll reach his hand down. So today, would you join me in this prayer? God, save me. Jesus, thank you for calling me out to the water. Jesus, thank you for being my Savior, coming to be my Lord. I want to live for you. I want to make a U-turn with my life, and I, I want to count on you. Thank you, Jesus, for heaven. Friend, if that's your prayer, you don't have to walk an aisle of a church. You don't have to join a church. Jesus meant business with you when you meant business with him. You probably didn't hear... Uh, you probably didn't hear fireworks. You probably didn't have this overwhelming wash in your soul where you thought that you're just brand new. But I can tell you, Jesus has begun doing the work of power washing the inside of your soul. And he's begun to do the work of cleaning you up just like he is me. And he calls us out every day. Come on out on the water where I can care for you and I can love you. My friend, water is where Jesus does so much of his beautiful work in our life. Trust him with your life today. Step out of the boat, step out onto the water. And as you go, let Jesus go before you and make a way and make your crooked path straight. Let Jesus go within you 
bring you peace and joy, fulfillment and contentment because He is always good and you are always loved. And let Jesus come behind you, even if you're on the water, and reach out that right hand and pick you up and carry you. Because He will not carry you around the problem. He will carry you through it. Only to set you down victoriously on your two feet. And wipe away your tears and kiss you on the forehead. And wrap His loving arms around you. So you can hear your Savior say, My child, I love you. Friend, step up on the water. Go ahead. Get out of the boat and step out on the water. God bless you. Go in peace. Well, thanks again for worshiping with us today. It's been such an honor and a privilege for us to be able to gather together and worship together. It's been fun to see many of you post pictures of where you're watching from. So if you haven't done that yet, please tag us in those and post those and maybe even consider next week hosting a watch party right on your Facebook page. Invite other people to be part of it. I know Pastor Chuck talked about some great truth today. And maybe for some of you, for the very first time, you've made the choice to say that you want to follow Jesus. If that's you, please click the link or drop us an email at prayer at sugarhillchurch.com. We'd love to know that, to celebrate it, and to be able to send you some free resources. Well, we can't wait until we're able to gather in the building, but until that moment, we're going to be right here available to worship online. In fact, in the next couple weeks, I think you're going to be excited to see some baptisms happen, even while we're socially distanced. It's going to be great fun. Well, we hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks again for being here today. Go in peace.